Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. So now that it's April, planting is hopefully just around the corner. Today, we've got Dr. Aaron Wilson, um, a frequent guest on our podcast here to go over some of the weather conditions that are coming up and maybe look back at this winter. Welcome, Aaron. Hey, it's good to be here. Do you want to start off with and give us, you know, one more time, just let's reflect on what the conditions of 2019 were and what really stands out to you now that a few months have passed? Yes, certainly. I think everybody will remember 2019 for many years to come. Um, Obviously, we dealt with a lot of extremes during 2019. Uh, Certainly was was warmer than average. For Ohio, it was the 12th warmest on record going back to 1895. Uh, And it was a wet year. And in fact, 2019 was our sixth wettest on record back to 1895. Uh, But that was really, uh, that really hides some details. We know that the first six months of 2019 were just so incredibly wet with many stations across Southwest Ohio, Central Ohio, having received nearly their entire year's worth of normal precipitation in the first six months. Um, And then things got really dry, you know, in parts of Ohio, specifically that Southwest, West Central Ohio. And we only saw 14 inches for the rest of the year. So even though it was very wet from an annual statistic, uh, these extremes, you know, you know, caused some issues across the state. And, and while if, we looked at counties from an ag point of view. If we looked at counties east of Columbus, that seemed to be the kind of the sweet spot last year. We know the terrible, terrible conditions that we had across Northwest and, and West Central Ohio that led all to the to the prevent plant acres and, and just not being able to get any of the work done. So we know how challenging 2019 is. And so I think as we start looking at 2020's planning season, um, you know, 2019 is fresh on our minds and we're wondering, hey, uh, you know, what's 2020 have in store? Can we get some different conditions than we saw last year? Yeah, it's so interesting how averages can really mask those extremes because we went from being so wet to being so dry down here where I'm at. And, you know, if you just look back at the average, it looks like an average year, but it really wasn't by any stretch of the imagination. No, you're absolutely right. And, that you know, that's one of the things that we think about in terms of of temperatures as well. You know, we can get back-to-back months where we go from well above average one month to well below average the next month. And from a climate standpoint, that looks like an average season. Uh, But we know from, you know, a farming standpoint, the very cold temperatures in April and May really slow our planting activities. Um, And just, you know, on the opposite side of that, a very hot June and July can really, uh, you know, cause some issues on a growing crop as well. So, uh, a lot of details, and that's why weather is, uh, you know, I'm a little bit biased, but always a fantastic topic uh, to discuss. So I asked last fall if we were going to have good snow, you know, because I liked a snowmobile, and that didn't pan out well for me at all. So, I mean, how do you think the winter compared to what we normally see? Yeah, so just, you know, personally speaking, I absolutely love winter, uh, like you do as well, um, and Personally, this winter was just terrible, you know, from a, from a snow perspective. You know, last fall, we were looking at certainly conditions where we thought it was going to be wetter than average, um, which would have provided, we, you know, think a few opportunities for snowfall throughout the year. Uh, the problem with this past winter, not pro- well, problem, you know, from my perspective, but with the issue with the cold air is we had a very strong, what's called an Arctic oscillation a very strongly positive in Arctic Oscillation. And what that does is it basically describes 
uh, how fast the winds at jet stream level, way up in the atmosphere, are moving uh, and circulating around the Arctic. And when it's really positive, those winds are really strong and it keeps all the cold air really bottled up across the Arctic. And it doesn't allow for cold air outbreaks across the country here in the United States and even across Europe. And so we saw this really strongly positive Arctic oscillation all year long. It kept that warm air really, or cold air really bottled up across the Arctic. And we ended up here in Ohio with our fifth warmest winter on record going back to 1895. And so uh, it was very, very warm across the region and, and, and that cold air was just, just not around that much. But we did keep precipitation around and if you look at precipitation for the winter, it certainly uh, was wetter than average here across our regions. So we're starting off with, you know, wet soils around the region pretty much. And we're starting out with some water standing around in some fields as well. Our, our stream flows are really high. As a matter of fact, uh, back in March, we had some really heavy rainfall that led to some uh, bridges washing out, highways washing out. Uh, the flood wall closing on I-71 in Columbus, you know, these, these um, indications of just how high the, the, stream, the streams around the area have been. So that's, that's how we're starting off this year's planting season. Again, warmer conditions, warmer than average soil temperatures uh, with plenty of moisture around. Yeah, that's really interesting because earlier you mentioned how last year the cool temperatures early in spring really slowed down everything warming up. And that's not really what we're experiencing this year. It probably doesn't help that we never really got that cold. Um, the other interesting thing you brought up was, you know, the washing out of roads with all this rainfall we've been getting. Do planning commissions consult with you? And are those considerations being made? Maybe talking about changing those 50 or 100 year floodplains? Yeah, so this is a, you know, this is a very interesting topic and it's certainly a hot topic if you're looking all across the Midwest. Um, you know, a lot of our infrastructure obviously is, is based on historical precipitation data. Uh, that data, we, we have a product that a lot of states, most states rely on, which is called the NOAA Atlas 14. Uh, it's, it's basically a statistical analysis comparing precipitation events and how likely they are to occur at certain thresholds. So we're more familiar with terms like 1 in 50 year, 1 in 100 year, 1 in 1,000 year flooding. Uh, again, these are statistical numbers, techniques that are based on a set of stations and their historical precipitation totals. Uh, but it's been some time here in Ohio since they've been updated, and so they're not, they've not really captured what I would say, you know, certainly the last decade of these really heavy rainfall events that we're seeing more of. 2018 having been the third wettest on record, 2017 was also in the top 10. Uh, six of our top 10 wettest years have all happened since 2003, and those statistics aren't really captured by these return values. So it, it's, it's certainly a question that's being asked. Um, you know, as I travel around the state and I talk to soil and water conservation districts throughout the state and, and talk to local officials, they're thinking about it. Uh, they're thinking about, you know, I've, I've got to replace some culverts. Uh, ODOT, for instance, uh, has a climate assessment plan where they're looking at every single one of their assets from culverts and highways and bridges and thinking, uh, you know, given the, the conditions that we're seeing of late, you know, which, which of these assets are more vulnerable um, and, and what can we do to, to kind of build up and protect them from frequent flooding. 
so, so these conversations are taking place. I, I, um, I certainly don't make any specific guidelines for that, but, but we know from our statistics, statistical analysis, that our rainfall is increasing. Uh, it's inc increasing both in the amount we see and also in the heaviest precipitation events where we see two, three, or four inch rainfall events within an hour or two occurring at more locations across the state. So a very active area of, of, of conversation of uh, both research and on the policy or action side. What do we need to do to help sure up our assets? Well, that's pretty interesting as we see these 50-year floodplains breached time after time in the same season. So it just kind of makes you start to wonder what the future holds for that. And it has a lot of implications, I'd imagine, if they are changed. Yeah, and I think from a farmer, you know, I think for farmers, when they see many of their, their fields or their bottom areas for sure frequently flooded, you know, it's a challenge for them as well. The, the fields are their assets, like the bridges and, and roads and, and things like that. So that's why we see, you know, so much concentration on tiling, so much concentration are thinking about controlled drainage structures and, you know, ditches and, and all of these various, you know, conservation measures that are also uh, thought about as well. So I see a lot of action on the water front uh, in general, not just in the quality, and obviously that's the big topic in Ohio as well, but also on, on quantity. and. Uh, you know, flooding is is much more than just a precipitation story. It's a story about how we develop uh, our urban and suburban areas. Um, it's about how we move and store that water. And I think these topics are only going to become more and more pressing, uh, given the fact that we expect these increases in rainfall to continue throughout the, uh, the 21st century. And then at the same time, um, we see irrigation expanding across the state, I mean, especially in my area where we've got some of that gravel bottom ground because we have the dry summers. Um, so it's, it's just an interesting time. All of these considerations and kind of where we stand right now, what are we looking at for spring of 2020? Yeah, and if I can go back and just address that, you know, question you were talking about irrigation and, and, and dry summers, you know, we know that seasonally we're not increasing rainfall in all of our seasons. It's mostly our cool season, fall, winter, and spring. And then, like you said, you know, we still see these dry periods in summer. And as a matter of fact, our statistics are indicating that, that July, August, a lot of our precipitation trends over the last 50 to 60 years are flat to even negative. So, so in a year like 2019, where we can be so wet during the planting season and then flip so dry during the growing season, uh, it is actually becoming more, more prevalent. It's becoming more frequent across the region. And so, yeah, while we're dealing with mostly excess water conditions, there are periods where we see these short, intense dry periods that are just as challenging when we need that water for the growing crop. So we have to think about the irrigation the water storage as well. Um, so as we start to turn now and we think about our conditions heading into spring, uh, we could certainly start with how March ended, which uh, is on a very wet note. Um, as a matter of fact, several stations across Ohio are, are ending March, have ended March close to, or even in the top 10 wettest marches, uh, going back to 1895, which is you know, quite astounding when you think about a lot of the flood events across Ohio, like 1913 was a March event uh, with an average of almost nine inches across the state. So 
this is certainly, you know, March is certainly a time where we see a lot of that flooding. So uh, we're, we're heading into spring, heading into our planting season more specifically with wet soils, high stream flows, and warm ground temperatures. Uh, our outlooks and the things that we're looking at now that we're in April, certainly the first part of April, uh, thankfully we're looking at a break of a little bit drier weather here. Uh, our probability is in the, in the very short term over the next week or two, uh, really show drier than average conditions, uh, but also cooler than average conditions most likely. And so with cooler than average conditions this time of year in Ohio, we're talking 40s and 50s for highs. And that can limit the drying that we really need to take place. You know, if we're, if we're spending many days of dry weather in our 60s, 70s with plenty of wind, that can help evaporate that moisture. But if we're sitting in the 40s and 50s with some, some clouds overhead, that's going to limit the amount of drying that can take place over the next week or two. Uh, on the long term, longer term, looking at the next really 30 days here in April, um, you know, the Climate Prediction Center shows us really an equal chances of above, below, and near normal conditions. And that can seem confusing. It, it basically just means we don't have a strong signal either way, but you don't have to very, go very far where the outlooks are really depicting wetter than average conditions stretching from Iowa southeast to Kentucky. And, and if I had to make a prediction here uh, at the 1st of April, we're really looking at leaning at least normal, if not a little bit, toward the wetter than average conditions for the month. And I think ultimately we'll, we'll end up a little bit above average as well. Uh, with the warm ground that we've seen that we have right now, our overnight temperatures aren't really falling off uh, to any record lows that we anticipate. And then unfortunately, you know, when we look at the Climate Prediction Center out the next three months, uh, the April, May, and June outlooks that came out uh, in late March, uh, we're looking at greater, a higher probability of above average precip for this three-month period. And, and, and Ohio is really the bullseye from Ohio back toward Indiana and northern Illinois. It's, it's just an area that's been targeted, uh, that's showing up in our climate models and also our long-term climate signals of, of having a wet spring, a uh, wetter than average spring for sure. And so again, we're immediately drawn back to 2019 and thinking, you, as, as severe and as troubling as 2019, we certainly don't want to see anything like that again. And we can't predict a 2019 happening again. You know, one of the things that made 2019 unique uh, was our May rainfall rainy days. You know, many locations had reports of 20 to 26 days of rainfall during the month of May. And that's what was particularly challenging, not just the amount of rainfall, was just the number of rainy days and the inability to dry our soils. If our, if our temperatures pan out warmer than average, which we do expect them to uh, April, May, and June on, on the whole, then we could have some drying opportunities. Um, and so while I don't expect 2019 to be as bad as 2019, actually I think it's pretty safe, honestly, to think about that, just as extreme as some things about 2019 were for us. I do think that there will be periods or areas of Ohio that see similar challenges from a wet soil standpoint. Um, so, you know, I know immediately that throws caution in terms of, you know, we need to avoid compacting, you know, compaction in our fields. And I know all of our farmers are eager to get out there and get started, but, you know, making sure that the field conditions are good for that. I think that's going to have to be in the decision-making toolbox this spring.
um, as we deal with, with wet conditions once again here across the Ohio Valley. That's a great forecast, Aaron. I mean, what I'm hearing you say to our farmers here is, you know, find your windows, don't panic, plant when we can. And I think really one thing that we learned from 2019, you know, what made 2019 so scary was that we really didn't know what was going to happen when we pushed our planting dates back as far as we did. And coming off of that year and everything we learned, I think we can go in with a little more confidence that early June isn't really a time to start panicking quite yet. You know, and I agree, you know, I, I'm always looking for, you know, uh, the good angles, the, the silver linings, and, and some of the things throughout the winter, thinking about the fact that last fall wasn't nearly as wet as the fall before. Uh, even though it's been wet this winter through March, uh, so January through March, again, we've not been as wet as our January through March last year. And finally, with the warm soil temperatures, even though we need to think about pests and weeds and things that, that probably overwintered, the fact that the temperatures are, were not frozen, the soils were not frozen throughout the winter, water was able to run. And I think that's why we've seen our really high stream flows as well. So those three combinations right there, I think put 2020 in, in a slightly better uh, position than what we saw just a year ago. Yeah, and I think we're a little bit better prepared to, you know, Elizabeth mentioned the experience we had with 2019, but I think farmers are going to take it pretty seriously being ready to roll when they have the opportunity to, so they can get out there and take advantage of any early windows that we have and make that planting happen when they can. Well, Aaron, um, thanks again. We appreciate the work that you do for us. You know, we've shared your resources before, but you're continually putting forecasts out there on your social media and the Bird Polar website. So anything new on that front that you want to share? I just, uh, just to remind uh, folks out there that um, the weekly hydroclimate video, five to 10 minute video uh, is up and running again for the season. So I'll be pushing those out through the Facebook and Twitter and also at climate.osu.edu. Uh, our website at climate.osu.edu will be undergoing a transition uh, between April 1st and April 8th. And after that, you'll see a new website there and hopefully uh, a little bit easier to, to um, you know, see some of the content there as well. So uh, you know, please feel free to check back and, and check out those uh, weekly updates as, you know, certainly our forecast will change as we know more. Um, and you can always reach me at wilson.1010 at osu.edu. Uh, weather is not just small talk. I love talking about weather any day, any time. So please reach out. I think, thank you for all you do. And it, it, it's awesome to, to serve you in whatever way I can. Thanks. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode.